Jesus said that one of the signs that would follow those that believe in him is that they would be able to cast out devils in his name. Devils, demons, what are these things, and what does it mean to cast them out? Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight with our special guest, Karen, or Ren Herdman. Ren, welcome to Raven's Heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to have you. And I know that you are usually in South Carolina, but you're somewhere else in the United States tonight. <laughs> That's true. I'm actually coming from the central Kansas tonight. I have a, a son who's in his senior year playing football in Kansas. And uh, because we live so far away, we haven't had a chance to really watch and play. So we're out here and hoping to see a couple of games and we're headed right back. Well, let's pray for a big win. So <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> hey, our comment lines are open tonight. I know people are just joining us now that we've come online. Thank you for watching. And hey, if this is your first time checking out Raven's Heart, go ahead and like and subscribe. Ring that bell so you don't miss any additions. Karen, before we talk about kicking some demon butt and casting <laughs> death out, <laughs> you have a very extensive professional background. You're not just some person that floats around, you know, with their head in the clouds and not their feet on the ground. Can you share with us a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. So uh, I say that uh, God called me to the three M's, <laughs> martial arts, media, and uh, I call it special ops ministry, as you will see. So I'm actually a seventh degree grand master of martial arts that's about 33 years of teaching and training. And I just got back from Texas with a Celebrity Roast tribute with my peers. And I was really honored to be able to do that. But uh, anyway, it's, it's not too many women in hand-to-hand -hand combat that have that type of rank. So I'm often sought after, I say, with all humility. But that's that's the, the one part of myself here, I guess the physical part. And then uh, I also uh, was in the career of, of, of news broadcasting and media for about 25 years. I was a broadcast meteorologist and reporter for Fox News. I worked for Fox in Denver, Fox in Pittsburgh, worked for NBC and some other stations and affiliates. And I'm a book author. I have five books out and I write for magazines. So that's the, the I guess the physical side of who I am. The spiritual side is I'm also an ordained chaplain and uh, I am certified uh, to do exorcisms. I got that certification through Bob Larson Ministries. And before I even got that certification, I was already called in the field uh, at least two and three years ahead of time to start doing this work. So um, I'm shocked. It's not something I, I really thought that I would go into, um, but it's so needed today. It's kind of an end time ministry deliverance work. And um, I know I'm in my calling when I do it because I, I stand fearless with it. You are the real life Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and we've got Tiffany joining us tonight. Tiffany, thank you for joining the live stream. Again, our comment lines are open. If you have any questions about demons, devils, demon possession, man, we got a lot of ground to cover. You, you say this is a ministry that you've been called to. How was it and when was it that your eyes were open to the spiritual realm? How did that come about? Open to the spiritual realm, I, that would have been in my early, early childhood. Um, at the age of three, uh, my parents, unfortunately, my, my dad um, left my mom, who was a foreigner. He was in the Air Force, and um, it was a very shameful thing for her back then to have to go through that divorce with two really tiny kids. So um, she actually had in mind that uh, she was going to commit a suicide murder. So... Honest to God, Glenn, I was supposed to be part of a double murder-suicide. I mean, the fact that I'm even here today talking to you is because a strange lady shows up out of the blue, knocks on the door right where my mom had my dad's gun and was getting ready to shoot us and said, uh, I don't know you. I know you don't, I know you don't know me, but uh, God told me to come to your house and see if there's anything that you needed. And, I mean, that lady saved our life. I never saw her again. I don't know if it's a lady 
Honestly, I've, I've often wondered that. But during that time and period at the age of three, uh, I had a lot of supernatural things happening. I saw Grim Reapers, what I know today is Grim Reapers, hooded figures on a hill every time I went outside waiting to come in. And that would have been for the three of us. Um, I had animal spirits talking to me uh, through my windows and being heavy Native American. Now I know that that has a meaning behind it. I'm not saying it's it's the biblical meaning. I'm just saying there is a meaning behind it. And, uh, you know, I had uh, demons trying to teach me witchcraft at the age of three, waking me up at about two, three in the morning and teaching me how to fly down the stairs of my house. So I vividly remember all these details. And then I remember getting a vision, a, 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 a visit from Jesus Christ. I didn't even know who he was. But when he came down into that bedroom, those demons that were bothering me left immediately. And I never had a problem with them again. But that was my start at three, just to give you an idea. <laughs> that is more that goes on in most people's lives in 20 years up to the age of three. It's amazing. <laughs> right. That stuff, like when you were seeing all that stuff, did it scare you? How did that impact you as a kid? Right. Most children aren't scared because they don't know uh, good and evil outside of what their experience is. So I didn't like it. I knew it didn't feel right. Um but I, I, I didn't know any better. And, um, you know, I, I specifically remember the, the night that uh, we were all in my mom's bedroom and I couldn't sleep that night. She actually had me on the floor because she was afraid she was going to roll on me and crush me. And uh, I saw a man wearing a white robe with uh, a dark hair to his shoulders and a beard come down. And when he came down, he went behind the closet and every, um, behind the doors and these demons were gone, like just in a heartbeat. I, would, I didn't know who he was, but I remember that he kissed me on the cheek and then he went to heaven. I said, mom, who's that man? And she goes, she thought my dad came home because he left. And she goes, you know, is that Jim? Where is he? I said, I don't know, but he's going up there. And my mom knew from missionaries um, that that would have been Jesus. So she had, was in a backslidden state, but she said, oh, that's Jesus. Don't ever forget that you saw that. And uh, I never forget that I saw that. And I do today see, I mean, weekly basis, see and deal with demonic forces and entities. But uh, I, I'm, just, I'm fearless with it. It's not that I don't take it serious, but I'm very fearless because I know God has wired me. Much like you, Glenn, you guys are warriors in the physical realm, in the military or law enforcement. People are like, well, why do you do it? You do it because you're in your calling to do it. And you, you, it doesn't bother you like it may bother somebody else because that's what you were designed to do. Yeah, that's like King David, who was safest when he was in the middle of the fight, when he was out at war. And right. when he he was getting in trouble doing things that he shouldn't be doing. And that's right. That when it's your calling, you stand fearless in that. It just feels natural. It doesn't freak you out. Right. And that's exactly. Really important, really important. And you are a true warrior, both in the physical realm as well as the spiritual realm. <laughs> realm. Well, let's talk about these. And uh, Tiffy says, agreed about that flowing in your calling and your gifting, especially as a warrior against principalities and powers. Let's Let's talk about that for a minute. Because in the Bible, we read about fallen angels, principalities and powers and demons. And then everybody just seems to lump all of these entities into one big pot. It's like, well, it's all demons. Well, Ren, what is a demon? What, what are we talking about when we use the word demon? Right. Well, biblically speaking, demons are, are fallen angels. So, um, you know, uh, when there was the revolt with, with Lucifer, he took with him, um, I believe, one third of the angels and uh, those became demons and God had a pit that uh, was preparatory for them to be locked away into this pit. He never meant for us, which is hell. He never meant for us to have to go to the pit of hell. But because of the downfall of Adam and to trying to just summarize this really quick, um, you know, that that pit was created. However, the remedy was then created through Jesus Christ, which is considered the second Adam. And because of his shed blood, which is a big deal for a deity to shed blood because of that, then we have the right to make the free will choice to go to heaven and not go to hell. But basically, that's what demons are in that context are those fallen angels. And why are they so hell-bent, if I may use the term, because that's where they're here bound to. Why are they so right. hell-bent? Right. Um, they're, 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 their high commander is Lucifer or Satan or the devil or whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, the, the people may be surprised to know that there is kind of like a military rank with, with, with demons 
and, and, and Lucifer and Satan. There's also a military rank with angels and God in heaven. There are certain order, orders for certain angels. There's certain orders for certain demons. We have what we call uh, foot soldier demons. We have stronghold demons. And the bottom line is they, they are given their orders. And just like angels are given orders in heaven. And they have to be able to meet those orders or they will receive punishment for that. And they don't want to go whenever they have a host or whenever they found their, their place. They don't like to vacate. They don't like to go. But um, basically, you know, the reason their mission, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, is to hurt God because God loves us. And when he hurt, when we are hurt through these demonic forces, well, then that hurts God. So the whole object is to try to hurt God, the creator. So is that why they want to possess a person? What I mean, what do they see in us? What do we offer them to want to come and reside and, and torment us? Right. Well, um, because we're created in the image of God, um, they're out to the, the Bible says they're out to steal, kill and destroy. The Satan is out to steal, kill and destroy. He's the great deceiver. And his ultimate soul um, purpose is to get that glory from God and just being in the mere creation of Jesus of God. And when we accept Jesus Christ, we bring that praise to him and they want to stop that praise. Remember Lucifer wanted that praise that started the whole contention right there because he saw this beautiful, glorious praise going up to God. And he was an artist himself and he wanted it for himself. So the, the mission and the goal is to be able to cause such a, a demise with us as the creations of God that we're going to cause all that pain to go back to heaven instead of the praise going back to heaven. Mm. I, have to ask you this question. I have to ask you this question because we have a lot of artists and musicians that are tuned in right now. You know, Lucifer, the, the angel formerly known as Lucifer, he was an artist. Do you think that's why he's there's such an attack on music and arts and entertainment? Why he attacks that? Because he sees that as what was supposed to be his and what he wants. Oh, absolutely. That's right down his line. You're talking anything in arts, music, singing, um, paintings, even even though the Bible says he's the prince of the air. So if you talk about airwaves, you're talking about demonic forces traveling through the Internet or the TV or the radio. That's right down their alley to be able to travel in that area. But definitely very talented people. Um, he is the great deceiver, the sneaky one. He will try to get in and cause problems with people who are very talented and artistic. Mm. Wow. Wow. Very real. And we're seeing that today, uh, especially he's becoming more and more blatant in the arts, especially music. It used to be that it was kind of hidden a little bit, but now it's just so obvious. What is when we say that somebody's possessed by a demon? What do we mean by that? What, what is demon possession? Well, what we have is the examples in the Bible of demon possession. And if you remember, even Judas Iscariot, which was one of the 12 chosen disciples, became demonized. This is the devil entered him and caused these things to happen. So, um, you know, there are so many, so many ways that you could become um, the, the, the doors, the openings, the portals. I believe the Bible calls it openings. But for lack of a better word, I call them portals that you give permission for the demonic to come in. There's so many of them. And if you're not if you're not knowledgeable on how these things can happen, uh, you can very well become demonized. Because remember, everything is like the military. It's by a legal right. Uh, even the, the dark side has legal rights. And even through your ancestry and your bloodline, you are able to carry the curses of your ancestors if they haven't been renounced. And those curses can actually be a part of your life and could hide for decades. Listen, demons are very patient creatures. They will wait and wait until you do that legal right and in they go and cause the demise and the chaos and the havoc. So there's a, there's a lot of situations where uh, you have to understand where you come from ancestrally speaking. For instance, I have a great grandmother who was a, a confessed witch. And because of that, I could have very well been brought into this world with a legal right from her for that, for these demons to teach me witchcraft. It's, mm -hmm. it, it happens, you know, more than you ever know. And here I, but Christ had his eye on me and I accepted Christ at the age of four, right after all this went down and I got baptized at the age of four. Um, so the, the devil wasn't gonna win that. I knew that God had a calling on me because I knew I was very gifted as I got to be an older young, young lady. Um, but you know, you have to understand that 
demon possession is for everybody, not just, you know, a lot of people say Christians can't be possessed. Um, if you, again, if you look at Judas Iscariot, I would, I would argue that point. And from my own experience, I would argue that point because 90, probably 95% uh, of the people that I work with in deliverance or exorcisms or whatever you want to call it, these are people who at one point gave their life over to Christ and confessed that they do, they do believe in Jesus Christ. It's just a problem when there is a legal right. Uh, these things come in through invitation that went down. And there's just so many of them, Glenn. I, I could name a few, but there are a lot of them, a lot of ways. And Tiffany says, um, she, she brings out and highlights the point that you said, it's sad that so many carry generational curses and they don't even know it. Right. They're not even aware of it. And there's so much. You can almost get kind of paranoid with this a little bit. And I want to kind of calm the paranoia because you're saying that there's so many doors that they can open, um, that they can come through. What are some of the big doors that people allow demons to come through in their lives? Well, Glenn, everything that the Bible says for you not to do, there's a reason for that. People think, well, you know, you're trying to be a goody goody person or. Uh, you know, you're trying to be a martyr that you have to live this way. You know, so much of society today puts pressure on people who are Christians because they claim that, you know, they're, 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 they're fake goody goodies or whatever you want to call it. There's nothing wrong with trying to live by the Bible. It's the biggest security blanket you're ever going to get. So when Jesus Christ talks about, listen, um, you know, be careful about lust uh, fornication and adultery when you get into the readings of the New Testament, there's a reason for that. It's not because of you having to become some kind of goody person that you can never attain that. It's because you soul tie through sexual activity. And when you soul tie with a person and two flesh become one, what happens is you give permission for every demon your, your sexual partner has to enter you. That's why the sanctity of marriage is so important before sexual relations, because when you make that covenant agreement under God, you're actually making a covenant that you're shutting down any type of a portal where demonic activity could enter, enter you through sexual relations. So that's a really big one. Um, I've had to have people that have made had to make lists of all their sexual partners and go in and renounce every single one of them by name because they were just being tormented in the department of relationships or going on marriage number four or five and knowing that there's something just wrong here. You, you, you feel when something's wrong. It's not like, oh my gosh, am I demonized? It's not like that. Trust me, you know, you know when there's something wrong. And a good indication is how are your relationships going? How is your money and finances going? How is your health going? It's not you. You're under attack. These are demons that want to destroy you for more than one reason. But you've got to renounce those rights. And once you renounce those spiritual rights, they no longer can be a part of you as a body host. They can't do it anymore. Wow. And going back to what you were talking about just a minute ago about the generational curses, so are you saying that a demon can be passed on from one family member to another family member? Is, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And look at it scientifically speaking. If you had a parent that's an alcoholic, your chances of becoming an alcoholic are 50% greater. If you had a mother, heaven forbid, that had breast cancer and you're a female, your chances of getting breast cancer are 50% greater than the average woman. We already know through genome science that these things are handed down good 13, 14, 15 generations later. They can skip a generation, go to the next generation. We already know those things. But the Bible's been talking about these generational curses for thousands of years. And it is not uncommon that you could have had an ancestor hundreds of years ago that committed murder or was murdered. And this is going to be something that gets passed into the, the bloodstream until you mitigate this or you renounce it. And a lot of times people don't realize, but baby dedications is supposed to be part of that bloodline mitigation where, the, you know, you renounce the Catholic Church actually does a very good job of a lot of this, even though people have no clue. I renounce Satan and all his ways. This is something that you're saying over this child. But ultimately, we have free will to decide. And even if we renounce the bloodline, there's other ways that uh, uh, demons can can find their way into our lives and um you know besides ancestry and besides um um besides sexual relations you know there there's also the occult and witchcraft there's fear and worthlessness 
those are those are just some of the big ones that I personally have dealt with over the years. Fear, fear is a big one. That, that's one that I and anxiety too. That's one that I had to be delivered of. And a lot of people are like, "Yeah, just don't be anxious for anything. That's not a big deal. It's not like you know going out and sleeping with people. It you know that's just you, and it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal because it's a demonic entity, and it can grab yes. a hold of you. And yes. it's a it's a wicked one to deal with, both fear and anxiety. Yes. And talking about these illnesses, you know, in the script in in the Bible, we we read about people who were demonized or demon possessed, and Jesus or the disciples cast out the devils. And some people today would say, well, yeah, that's just a primitive diagnosis of things that we know today as mental illness and different things. What would your answer be to that? How can we tell if something's a, a physical ailment, just a demon, or what's the percentage of what? How can we tell what's what? Um, so, you know, mental illness is very real. It's a real diagnosis. Chaplaincy was born out of an understanding of clinical training and spiritual training combined together, mainly mental illness. If you look at the history of chaplaincy in this country, uh, the first quote unquote chaplain was someone who struggled with mental illness. And he would go, he went into an institution and started ministering to people. And that's actually how American chaplaincy came to be. Um, and there's not in any way, shape or form would I say that mental illness isn't real. However, whether it's mental illness or physical illness or, or whatever infirmity it may be, it's still straight from hell. And it's still something that could be mitigated. Um, I just had a, a, a gentleman who, for the last, uh, I'm going to say two decades, struggled with PTSD, military. And he had an incident where he just gave him nightmares every single night. And science, you know, psycho psychological science has put him on for years, all these antidepressants and anti-anxieties to try to help with the problems of his nightmares and all this kind of thing. We literally did a session with him in the name of Jesus Christ, a renunciation of these demons that come up, came upon him because he, he was given away in such fear and anxiety when this situation happened to him. And um, I, I got to tell you, I, the, there was a physical manifestation. I, I was told in the, I, I have, a, I'm prophetic as you, I think you know, Glenn. I don't know if you know yes, that. Oh, yeah, you know that. Of course you know that. Well, <laughs> I was told in the spirit realm that he had, this was a snake demon that was going up and down his spine, causing back pain. And literally when we renounced a specific demon called Leviathan, this snake went up around his neck and you could see the red marks of it, a snake wrapping around his neck. Um, these, these signs are not uncommon. And this is just the the dark side's way of trying to get you to stop, to scare you or whatever. But God designs his warriors where you see, if I see something like that, I'll go 10 times harder. I'll run to it. I won't run away from it. But uh, I just checked up on him. And after 20 years of nightmares, he hasn't had one single nightmare in two weeks. So that's not me. That's all my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's just one example in the last few days that I've been dealing with. Wow. What are some other ways that demons can afflict people? We've talked about the PTSD. We've talked about um, the physical ailments. What are what are some other ways that demons afflict people that you've seen? You, you even mentioned finances. How does that work? Well, if you if you read the Bible, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and he went to hell for three days and he took the the keys to the kingdom away from Satan, he took them from Satan. The the three keys. Uh, good health, good relationship, and money coming in, which is an which is abundant life. Whenever you get attacked, it's almost always in those three ways. And a lot of this is is me understanding just through my experiences. People get attacked in health, relationships, and money. I, you know, very rarely is it not something in one of those categories. And uh, a lot of people, no matter how hard they work, and some people make a great salary, they still never have any money. They still, you know, it's like the difference between rich and wealthy. You know, when, when you're wealthy, you have money coming in. You don't have to sweat by your brow. It's a blessing. You can expend it. You can enjoy, you know, just working to be rich as someone who has to work hard and the money comes, the money comes and comes and comes, but they never get to even enjoy it because they're so busy working hard. There's a lot of ways that uh, uh, the dark side will try to involve itself in your finances to stretch you out and worry and cause money not to happen because we're supposed to be blessed enough to, to take care of ourselves and not have to toil and sweat to be able to have money coming in. And to be able to bless others as well. Absolutely. That's really where God wants us to be. 
Can somebody come to the their realization themselves that they're demon possessed? You know when you are. You absolutely know. I've gone up to people in the spirit realm that I was told that they were demon possessed. And I've asked them, I said, uh, you know, you're demon possessed, right? You know, you have a problem. They're, yes, yes, I do. I said, I can help you with that through Jesus Christ. Um, you just know when something's not right. You just know. And there's there's a process, a, a kind of like a pre-case that we do as trained exorcisms, uh, exorcists or deliverance ministers for the Protestant church. Where we, I will literally sit somebody down and go through a case study to try to find out where their ancestry is from. Because if you tell me you're from Nordic European area, I know what kind of demons I might have to battle. If you tell me you're African-American, I know the demons I might have to battle. You know, if you have witchcraft in your family or or, you know, whatever it may be, we do this pre-case. And then you you talk about the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life. Uh, th there's a lot to it. It's a science. And I don't take credit for a lot of that. Uh, Bob Larson has been around for 30, 40 years. He was one of the first Protestants to ever start this. Catholic Church has been doing it kind of behind the scenes and a little bit on the hush-hushy for probably since the second or third century. But, yes. you know, they, they have their own people. Uh, they work with their own people and uh, I've never seen a female exorcist from the Catholic church. Uh, the Protestants are more like, you know, if you're called by God, let's go by the word of God's scripture and see how we can get you trained. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of that because uh, that training is, is something that is imperative for people who need to study the show themselves approved. Yeah. Yeah. The Catholic church, one of the um, greatest exorcists in recent times from the Roman Catholic church is father Malachi Martin. He used to be on the Art Bell show quite a bit when Art Bell had his show on uh, Coast to Coast when he hosted it. And uh, Malachi Martin had some very, very interesting insights. And a lot of the things that we are seeing going on, he was also very prophetic. A lot of the things that we see going on in the world today is what he talked about with Art Bell right. on the Art show. Um, right. Wonderful. He loved Jesus. You could tell that every time he was on the radio. So Tiffany's got a, a question here. She says, I've read several books on deliverance and many pastor, pastors ask the demons to name themselves in order to remove them. Do you do, do you do that or do you solely rely on prophetic words of knowledge from the Lord? How do you do that? Um, it depends on the person. A, a person's personality has a lot to do with how that deliverance is going to go. Uh, I, I've not had to call out names, and there are times I've had to call out names. It really depends on a particular situation. What happens when you call out the name is you're taking the authority from them because now you're calling out their name. And, and there is a process to be able to wear them down and wear them down. People don't realize, Glenn, I'm going to say a majority of the time, a deliverance doesn't happen instantly. It can happen instantly. I had the guy with the PTSD and once and and once one one night uh, with just you know uh, working that night, he was delivered instantly. But but I have other cases where I have to go back and go back. I'm working with someone now. It's been a year where he's had uh, demons in his demons in his house that have been there for 60 years and he's winning. But what he has to do is wear them down, wear them down. Finally, if you keep at it, they lose their power and ability. They, they will eventually vacate, but you have to keep at it nine times out of 10. Okay. So it's okay then to take in some instances to take the name of the demon and use it to wear them down. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's a technique that takes control from them. You're calling out their name. Uh, I I would like to see someone uh, maybe get a little more training in dealing with some of this. I mean, you know, um, we have the Bible to go by. And of course, that stands above all. So if you do what Jesus did, you're going to be fine. <laughs> but when you get into the techniques that other people have used, I would make sure you study what they're what they're doing, because you are really are messing with a quote unquote magic that you may not understand. And, and you, you need to make sure that you have the blood protection to be able to do that. So if you don't have that training, ladies and gentlemen, you could still do it if you confess Jesus Christ. But you need to go read and make sure you follow what Jesus did when he was casting out demons. Yes. Yes. I. I was I had the privilege and the blessing of participating in an exorcism several months after I was born again. It was at my college that I was going to, and it was at the end of a full gospel businessmen's association meeting. And wow. uh, the <laughs> leader, um, <laughs> Tiffany says, absolutely. And Tiffany, not a problem on the typo. I, I was able to read right over that. Uh, <laughs> not a problem. Great question, though. Uh, 
he was just talking to this this student, and all of a sudden he said to the student, "Come out of him," and the student just landed flat on the floor and then all of a sudden it was game on like donkey kong yeah <laughs> it took us about an hour and a half to get that thing out of there and i walked out of there with my friends and i was just saved as like did we just see what i saw like, yeah i was like okay there is no doubt in my mind ever again that this stuff is not real this is so real because that demon i mean it was talking to us it took complete control of the, of the students vocal cords right was, it was a harrowing experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that? Have you seen them take control of people's vocal cords and start talking to you and spitting out like blasphemies and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I've seen all kinds of things. Um, I've seen all kinds of physical manifestations. I, I had a girl. I wasn't doing the deliverance, but I was right in front of her when it happened. And uh, I literally heard three voices coming out of her at the same time. I was so happy for her, you know, and she was so happy and thrilled. You're so relieved. When that burden, that demonic burden is lifted off of you, uh, I see a lot of physical manifestations and scratchings. I mean, you know, um, I don't like to give people uh, rise to horror and, and, and any kind of bragging, but I've gone through that myself where, you know, they've retaliated on me and scratched or bruised me or, you know, woke me up in the middle with, with voices in my ear, whispering in my ear or, or whatever. Um, those things don't scare me because I know the game and I know what, what the enemy is up to. But uh, there, there are a lot of different ways you can start to smell, like a sulfur smell. Um, just some examples. Um, they can get violent. You know, I've learned to do something with some of the bigger people because I don't always have holders. <laughs> um, you know, and and I'm very trained and skilled, but I'm not that big. I'm just an average sized woman, as you know. I do something called drive-by deliverance, and for lack of a better way to put it, where I, if they're really big, I I make them go to the car and I strap them in their seatbelt because I don't want to get attacked. So I'll do that a lot, and I'll cast out demons while they're strapped in their seatbelt so they they can't come at me. I've just learned to get smart about some of these things, and you know, if if my my kid who plays football, he's six three, about three hundred pounds, I'll have him go with me and you know he'll hold or whatever but there are different techniques that you learn that work for yourself particularly as someone that does this kind of work and everybody's a little bit different yeah that's about what i did during that first exorcism i was a part of i just held the person on the ground that that's all i could do i was like i'm not getting into this any further because uh, i didn't know what to do i was just there to, to help and, and held them down on the ground uh, for those of you that are just joining us right now, we have the real life Buffy the Vampire Slayer with us <laughs> on Raven's Heart. I love tonight. that. <laughs> As you can see, we are talking about casting out demons. And you were saying that this is an end time ministry. Why do you consider this an end time ministry? Why is this so important right now? Um, I believe a lot of people are being called into this ministry right now, Glenn. And that's because we're getting so close to the returning of Christ to come back to rapture us out. And I believe the devil's working double time. And I believe there are ways that he got permission to come in and work double time. I see these ways all the time. I see a more declination of our, even our own country and where people think, well, you know what, that's just freedom. In the spirit realm, that's not called freedom. That's called permission, permission. And there's a lot of things that are going on right now that people are getting into and they don't really know that this is happening. Sexual deviation and sexual promiscuity, there's a reason why the Bible says stay away from it because it's it's actual spiritual permission for demons like Jezebel to come on in and take over when, whenever you, you, you give permission of your own kind and right to come on in to, to, to partake of, of the things that you're partaking of. And these people that do this, I'm not making fun of them. I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger at because I know they're tormented. They're absolutely tormented. Abortion is another big one. When you legalize abortion, you actually give permission to the dark side for human sacrifice. There's a price to pay for human sacrifice. It has nothing to do with a right, uh, you know, a, a, a woman's right. Of course, she has a right. A woman has a right to kill her 10-year-old if she wants, her 15-year-old when you really feel like it, right? But th that doesn't change the fact that there is a price to pay for bloodshed and human sacrifice. And the more you get into this, demonically speaking, the more you're going to get into issues of allowing um, the, the demonization of people without them even being aware of it. Ooh, that's creepy. It what is, I mean, it's, it's scary and it breaks my heart. Blood sacrifice 
uh, Colonel, I call you Colonel, is, is, a, is, <laughs> a real, is, is, is a real problem. And if, if you want to really get into it sometime, let me tell you that that COVID shot has blood sacrifice in it. And if you wonder why it doesn't feel right to you as a Christian to take that shot, that's because something innately in you knows it's wrong. Um, there is not human, uh, there's not the fetal tissue in the shot, but the production of it was made through children who were sacrificed back in the 70s and 80s. And once that's in there, whatever minute particle, it's permission for the dark side to come on in and cause problems. So, you know, that's, that's one of the best ways that I can put it. Maybe that's a topic for another time. Yeah, that, that definitely is. There's so many subtopics that we can get into here. And I'd even like to talk about soul ties. Eventually we can do a whole, <clears throat> whole addition. Oh, yeah. And really what this is, is we had a comment about, yes, bring in the rest of the harvest. This is about bringing in the end time harvest for people to be saved, to be delivered. Jesus said that he came to bring liberty to the captives. And that's part of this. Deliverance is a yeah. huge part yes. of this. Here's something that's kind of perplexing. And I want to get your thoughts on this, because we read two things in, in Scripture here. It says in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18, Jesus said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. So then in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and have in thy name cast out devils and and in thy name done many wonderful works and then will i profess unto them i never knew you depart from me ye that work iniquity so jesus says that this sign of being able to cast out devils will follow those who believe him in him and then he says there will be people who come to him in the last day and say hey lord i was casting out devils in your name and then mm -hmm. the lord says i never knew you is mm -hmm. it possible for somebody who's not a believer to cast devils out of somebody that's how powerful yeah that's how powerful that name is uh there are a lot of power sources out there that's why i'm very very strict on everything that i do use and say comes through the cross it has to come through the blood of christ there's the power that that is within the blood of christ and there's the power that is with that is not within the blood of christ and you've got to choose which power source you're going to use I know people that try to, you know, they believe in, uh, you know, everything from Jesus to Buddha to Muhammad to fairies and Santa Claus. I, I mean, you know, the harvest whatever power they can and their life is sheer chaos. Just by default, you're going to bring in powers that not, are not going to be covered by the blood of Christ. So I can, I can actually see what that scripture means because there are people who will come in and mitigate demons using uh Hoodoo, voodoo, Santeria. Um, they're using all kinds of techniques. And if you ask them, because I've asked them, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they're not using that power source through Jesus Christ. And okay. you have to pick which guide you're going to serve, because what does he say? You, you be hot or cold. If you're in the middle, you're going to get spewed out. So choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Choose your power source. And I have more respect for you if you tell me your power source is evil than I do if you tell me you're a Christian and you're using other power sources because you're confusing. At least if it's a Satanist, I know where they're coming from. But so many people today, especially in the New Age movement, which is, you know, a nemesis of mine in a big way because they make witchcraft look so warm and fluffy. You know, you, you've got to be so careful and you've got to find that out. But ladies and gentlemen, the bottom line is if they don't come in the name of Christ and they don't use their power in the name of Jesus Christ, you need to run. You really need to run. Does this tie in with the seven sons of Sceva spoken of in Acts chapter 19, the itinerant Jewish exorcists who were trying to cast out a devil? And when they were doing it, the devil looked at him and said, we know Jesus and we're familiar with Paul, but who are you? And then the person that was possessed jumped on them, tore their clothes off, beat them up, and they went running down the street. Is that what was going on with these, with these dudes here? I think so. They may have been, uh, you know, I don't know if they were using, uh, I don't know if it was Kabbalah. I mean, that's some of the ancient Jewish practices. Um, you know, and there's also the psychic girl that, that was following Paul every, everywhere. 
uh, yeah. who annoyed him so badly, he made her lose her power. Yeah, yeah. The, again, there we're created in the image of God, guys. Just by that, we have divine power available to us. We can actually use the power of positive thinking to create our whole destiny and world. I mean, that's how powerful we are. But when, but if you don't choose what your power source is, and it's not solidified one hundred percent in your intent. You will start to mess with magic you don't understand. So you need to be very, very careful about making up your mind what your power source is. So I believe it or not, I know uh, Christian witches. I know Christian Buddhists. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And I don't know why they're always sitting next to me. It's so annoying. But, you know, I've led many of them to crisis said, listen, there is a hell to pay and you will go there because you're 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 messing with a power source that doesn't run through Christ. When you tell me you believe in, you know, the 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 God within and Yoda and all this other stuff, it tells me where your power comes from. It absolutely tells me. It's it's not using the force, Luke. That's not that's not what <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany says it's about identity, identifying in Christ, him being our identity. That is so true. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to something that you just said because this is something that recently within the past few years just became a massive revelation for me. It's where Paul talks about bridling our tongue and watching what we say. And you're like, well, why do we need to do that? Why do we need to watch what we say? Because what we speak builds the atmosphere around us. Right. It's the people in the world around us. Cause you were talking about the positive thinking scripture talks about, set your mind on these things, things that are good, things that are peaceful, things that are that bring joy. That's what we need to set our minds on. And we need to watch our tongues so closely, especially those who are believers and especially those who operate in the prophetic realm need to watch mm -hmm. their tongue because what they speak creates a certain atmosphere. Right. If I speak blessing over you, then you'll, there'll be blessing. But if I speak a curse or curse somebody or curse somebody out, that has an impact and an effect upon them as well. There are going to be so many things that we see when we watch the instant replay mm -hmm. of our lives in heaven. It's going to be like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that covers right. it. <laughs> yes. This is not a ministry that's to be taken lightly. It's not something that I think somebody just be like, hey, I think I'll give this a try because it sounds kind of interesting. How can somebody tell if they've been called to the uh, ministry of deliverance? And what do they need to do to be properly trained in this before they go take on forces that they don't understand? Right. Um, you know, it's, it's my experience that, again, you, you don't run from it. You run to it. I've had many pastors in the past. Uh, I don't know what is with the Southern Baptist pastors, but I've had to do a lot of deliverance with them and their families. And uh, I know that a lot of times these pastors are the first to run. Sometimes you'll go to a church and say, can you help me? I know I have uh, demons in my house or I, I know I have a demonic presence in me and they, they won't work with you. They, you know, when you, you just read it, Jesus said, you have the power and authority to cast out demons in my name. Unfortunately, a lot of churches won't give you the time of day. When you're called to do this type of work, you'll run to it. You won't run from it. And um, I had an incident a few days ago where a, a woman in Colorado uh, calls me in a panic. And when I have to, when the first words out of my mouth to you after hello or calm down, you're not going to die. That's how panicked these people are. I mean, they're, ju they're just the things that are happening to them. And, you know, someone that is called to it has a heart, has love in their heart for these people being tormented. I, I, I have love in my heart for them, and um, I, I want to see them come through this. Uh, I'm willing to hold their hand. I've even spent the night in these houses where these demons are attacking families in the houses. Uh, sometimes I was there for weeks, every night, living out of their house. I do that because I have love in my heart, and that love is my conviction to know that I'm in my right calling. You run to the gunfires, basically what you do. I run so, to it. Absolutely. You were sharing something with me a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, about some of the demons that you've had to deal with in rural. I can't even say that right. Rural. Yeah. R-U-R-A-L. The country. <laughs> That's what we call it. Out in the, the country. country. 
Yeah. yeah the, the country demons are a little bit stronger than some of the ones that you would find in the city that you've been running into. And that kind of took me by surprise because I've always thought, well, maybe the metropolis or the urban areas where you'd find some strong ones. Why are there, why is there such strong demonic activity and so such strong demons in country areas? Um, I'm not sure if it's the city mouse and the country mouse per se, <laughs> but I will tell you that the Bible says the devil is the great deceiver. He's a liar and he's in places that, I mean, you would be shocked. You go into uh, some of these shops on Main Street where they're just normal shops selling normal merchandise and you go to the back and there's a satanic altar or witchcraft altar set up um, where there are doctors and school teachers and prominent people going back there every morning to lay down at these satanic and witchcraft altars. I know that for a fact because I was a reporter for Fox News and they thought it would be cute to send me out there for Halloween. So I, <laughs> I wasn't happy about that assignment, but I did learn a lot from these people to see these cute little storefronts with these satanic altars in the back. You would, you would be surprised the places where you would think uh, there would be no demonic presence. Uh, again, it's just deception. And I believe that uh, the enemy and his minions are everywhere. They're in your home. They're in your churches. Uh, they're, they're in your kids. They're in people you would think that are the closest to you that you've known all your life. Don't be surprised at anything. But as for you and your house, pray over yourself. Pray over your children. Cover them with the blood of Christ every single day because that is our insurance. That's our insurance policy right there. I have a couple more questions. Uh, we're running close to the end. We're coming up on the nine o'clock hour, but a couple more questions. Can a demon possess an animal? Absolutely. And I've seen it and I've had to mitigate demons from animals. Yes. Do you, I um, mean, do you, I'll elaborate or you have another question? Yeah. Elaborate. Go, go for a few minutes <laughs> on that. Yeah, please. <laughs> demons will even possess dolls. Okay. Demons want a, a host body. Um, and they'll come as close to uh, a host body as they can. Animals are extremely sensitive creatures, and they're easy to possess. Matter of fact, uh, for the times predating the time of Christ, where paganism was, was uh, very much prominent in many parts of the world, uh, cats were as, uh, one of the most likable creatures to become possessed. And that's why you see the black cat at Halloween and so forth. Cats are, are very open to the spirit realm, as are horses and dogs. Uh, many, many creatures. Um, and so th that's just because it's easier for them to carry out their their assignments if they have a host body to do that in, even if it's an animal. Okay, I have to, I have to go there just a moment because this is something that I've been concerned about, especially now that it's becoming more and more prominent. Artificial intelligence, AI, when we get into making these, you know, somewhat human humanoid type creatures and thinking is that something a demon can inhabit and take over oh oh hell's gonna love that absolutely i mean that's i hope we're out of here before that really happens as christians as believers because uh that's really gonna jack up demonization a lot um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. I know it's very much in the rudimentary stages right now. Uh, as far as that, making it look really pliable as a human being. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading where they're they're actually mixing in uh, the genetics of animals with human beings to make half animal, half human beings. I mean, you're messing with with stuff you have no business messing with, because now what's the state of the soul? You know, and, and how does that work and how are demons going to be able to 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 pry into that type of business? Um, uh, I, I believe that some things are just God's business. And that's business you need to leave up to God. And it, it kind of, uh, it really bothers me to see that there's so much funding going toward these these things in our country right now. Yeah, and there's nothing un new under the sun with this. Um, one of the books that I find very fascinating, it's not in Scripture, but it's referred to in Scripture. And no, it's not the book of Jude, not the, not the book of Enoch. That's one that we can talk about later. But it's the book of Jasher, which uh, is mentioned in the book of Joshua, where the sun, the earth stood still, basically, and they had a full day to fight. And it's recorded in the book of Jasher. And it talks about the things that were going on in the earth that led to the flood. And one of the things that led to the flood was man messing around with DNA of animals and trying to make hybrids and chimeras and mm -hmm. like that. And that is, re that is recorded in the book of Jasher 
And that is why God had to wipe out. One of the reasons why he had to wipe out civilization, because it just got so, so so crazy with that. We've always wanted to do that. Before we close, you were saying, and this is just a question that's coming to my, that came to my mind earlier. And I want to ask it. You were talking about different hierarchies of demons and you've got some really strong ones. You've got some medium ones. Are there any stupid demons, any ones that are really weak that you've, had an easier time is are there ones that are just not that smart um we have we have what we have we call foot soldier demons and they're menaces um they cause chaos you know they're they're easier to bind through christ than the stronghold ones are but usually if someone is demonized it's not going to be the foot soldiers they may be there but they're going to be there with a strong man they're going to be there under a stronghold demon almost always you know, most people could probably get through their day. I mean, it's it's almost like I have someone I know that says nothing in my life ever goes right. Every day is like bad luck. You know, if something bad will happen, it will happen. You know, you could still get through your day with that. It's probably, um, uh, you know, an irritant. And these might be some of the smaller demons. But almost always someone who knows their demon possessed has a stronghold demon to go with the minions. And you have to bind them all. Very. Another thing, Glenn, is very rarely is it just one demon. Almost always there's several. I've never seen just one. You have to cast them all out. And once you get the stronghold out, it's easier to get the others out. They'll follow. But until you wear that strong one down, it's, it's, it, it could take some time. It could really take some time. Mm. Tiffany says, amazing conversation. Bring her back. Yes, we will bring her <laughs> Thank back. Thank you, Tiffany. We've got so many <laughs> subtopics to talk about. We're going to eventually talk about soul ties, talk more about all of these different uh, different issues that are facing us. Let's say there's somebody that's watching us now or on the replay that says, hey, this is really brought to light that I need some deliverance. No, not me sitting here, but you who are watching. Um, how can somebody reach out to you for help? You can call me at 720-394-8408. My email is rannydenherdman at gmail.com. And that would probably be the best way to reach me at this time. And uh, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll talk about it and, and pray about it and take it from there. Ren, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been a packed conversation. Very timely, very necessary with what we're seeing going on in the world, especially in the world of arts and entertainment. People need to be delivered, and we will bring Ren back. Ren, thank you so much for joining Absolutely. us. Thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. God bless you guys. God bless you, sir. And uh, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Sounds great. And we will be back next week. And until then, everybody, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.